0: My kingdom for a horse. A simple favour. How hard could it be to drop a car off for a friend? The friend in question being a multimillionaire who'd phoned me from a poolside palace, his Spanish villa. His daughter's car had been abandoned outside a trendy bar in the Montpellier quarter of Harrogate. The keys also had been abandoned with a trendy barman. I lived but a few hundred yards away. Simplicity itself. Driving the small mini convertible through the countryside in August sunshine was sheer bliss. The heavy scent of new-cut flowers and grass took me back to the innocence of adolescence. He lived in the deep, high-brow hunting set. It formed a heavenly haven: livery stables, swimming pools, manicured lawns, tree-lined cobbled driveway leading to a perfect paradiso, a Garden of Eden. Everywhere I drove was magnificent. I drove down through the automatic gates to the manor house, where a beautiful long tall blonde dressed in white added a little colour to the angelic white scene in the form of blasphemous blue language. Don't park the bloody thing there, park it round the back in the stable area charming closing the car door i walked towards the girl to hand her the keys she snapped close the close the gate the horses will loose what's the matter with you there's a big sign on it there listen girl i'm not here to do you a favor i do not work for you the favor is delivering your car back because you're so pissed you couldn't do it yourself no doubt now i want to lift back to h gate out of the question. I'm late for a dinner date as it is. Well, how do you expect me to get back? It's taken me forever to get here. We'll have to take the train. It's five minutes by horse to get there. I don't have a bloody horse. Don't you raise your voice to me. Well, listen, If I even if I had a horse, I'd hardly leave it at the train station to jump over the York Express, and I'm sure that they wouldn't allow me to take it on the train. Now, would you please... Take me to the train station. I, uh, negative. I'm late. It's a cockstride. It's just across the meadow there. There, the girl pointed. Across the meadow? A cockstride? I need a compass and field glass to find my way out of the grounds here. Listen, the girl flushed under her suntan. Tapped the riding crop against her leather riding boots. I really couldn't care less how you get out of here. Just get out of here. I've got to get dressed and ready, she called to the maid. May! The Filipino bowed, humbly and abruptly towards her. She chirped a curt response. Goodbye. Whoever you are, my jaw clenched and squeaked square. Under the pressure, her eyes blazed fury at me. Fine, I'll walk across the meadow then. Yes, you do that, Mr cursing and blaspheming feathers and dust and self-righteous indignation. I set off down the cobbled driver and knowing where I was going till I discovered a sign stating bridle path right. I turned at a right handle and in to the meadow. A cock stride. The damn bitch wouldn't know a cock stride especially in six, in- six inch steel heels. Hell could she know? mix a bloody martini with mummy and daddy standing by furious red with anger i raged on walking amongst the small sheep past an old woman who bid me the cheerful hello my temper dissipated and i responded in a lighter mood i minded under some ancient yew trees into the medieval churchyard only then to be attacked The a donkey kicking in you know, every direction and chase me back out onto the path. Oh dear, said the old woman. Oscar sometimes gets bad-tempered with strangers, you know. Th- this this donkey, you know this donkey? Oh yes, yes, he keeps the uh, grass down in the graveyard. But why didn't you tell me he was vicious? He could have got me killed. You usually let me walk in there. ''Well, it's nothing to do with me. It's probably you. You're giving off bad vibes. Normally it doesn't go crazy like that. It's you.'' ''I've got this distinct uneasy feeling. This backwater is jinxed. There seems to be a very cavalier approach to my m- mortality. It seems a little too casual.'' ''Well, it's just not keen on you. You'd better go round.'' ''Oh, really?'' I thought he was just warming to me. Oh no, I don't think so. I cast a glare in the old crone's direction and breathed a chest full of air and snorted it out. Absolutely nonchalance indifference. Like this old crow. Just like my parents in the line of action. I give them a good tongue lashing. Anyway. I feel like putting a foot on a turkey neck I walked round the cemetery down the wall and the donkey followed me baring its teeth laughing in triumph and having caused such distress to the enemy the human being it's always the same with short stumpy little things I call back got a massive attitude problem you the donkey honked back disdain treading in a fresh cow pat I thought, marvellous that is just what's required on a brand new pair of brogues burning in with acid wiping the shoe clean I set off once again across the meadow lumping into a country yodel dressed in Donegal tweed at the wooden gate who for some strange reason passed me his old Jack Russell Terrier and opened the gate The thing immediately turned and snapped and snarled trying to bite me "'I dropped it into the grass. "'Well, she's not keen on you, my boy. "'You must be giving off bad vibes. "'I feel normally as good as gold. "'Yes, that's been said before. "'Are you not keen on God's little creatures, then? "'Not when they're rabid, my good man, and good day!' "'I continued to traverse across what was fast becoming a hostile piece of terrain.' I'm not a bad person, but I don't suffer fools. I seem to constantly bark to keep them at bay. Three quarters of a mile across the way, what stood in my way but a massive bull, impassive? It snorted and stomped its hoof in annoyance at my arrival. Oh my God! I quickly surveyed the surroundings only to find that I'd wandered into a no-man's land with no cover or even a suggestion of survival. I was dead. The only thing was a tree thirty yards away at three o'clock. I bolted at right angles sprinting at God's speed. I had to make the tree or die. My heart pounded. Blood through the veins, coursing with adrenaline. I made a death leap for the branch, pulling myself just, just clear. Of the stampeding bulge clattered underneath me. I panted with fear. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I cursed out at the woman. A bloody cockstride. The matter could have got me damn well killed. Twice. Two hours in the tree, waiting for someone to rescue me. A girl, a beautiful girl, and a light chestnut mare, offered to shelter me through the field. I don't know what's going on. George normally doesn't he's docile. Isn't usually charging anyone. Hmm, must must be you. Did you do something to upset him? I didn't I didn't answer for fear I'd snap back. A sharp sided syllable. The girl was beautiful, of course. All trussed up in full riding gear. Tired veiled, alluring. Monty watched as she wheeled the horse around and cantered back across the meadow. Her ideal world of soft silken robes—a world far away from reality for most mortals—who seemed trapped in perpetual poverty, like like himself, the wrong side of the tracks, toiling away at the hard and cruel truth. A substance of brutal, brittle, felt like a coalface every day. And here we are, the Big Easy. Why hadn't his mother and father made a huge pile and died in a terrible car crash? No. He was thinking out loud. Both his parents had given him no guidance, nor opinions on which path to take in life. They themselves had taken the long, arduous route using brawn instead of brains, to eke out a failure. And I'd followed, carefully in their tedious footsteps. It was time to change. Tactical direction, tangent needed. Marry into money, steal money, hot, cold, dirty or clean. Just get some, stop this pitiful penance of striving and starvation. Seize the day, carpe diem. That was the funniest thing I'd seen in years. You're a natural-born idiot. It was the long, tall blonde, glistening gorgeous from the mini-convertible, lacquered sticky as a new-painted shell. She signalled to hop in. Come on, I'll give you a lift back to Harrogate. We'll help my nails dry. The silly maids piled on that much paint on my face on my nails. I'll be lucky if it dries next week, let alone for tonight's fizzbash. You mean to tell me I've been stuck up in a tree whilst you are getting made up for two hours, and you didn't think of actually calling any assistance, no police or anyone to come and rescue me? Oh, listen, it takes time to achieve this sort of perfection. I'll have called when we're finished. I can't move, can I? I've got like you know, you can't start moving or only cracking something. I'm not interested in your makeup. I'm interested in the death, my death, in the afternoon with the bull George. Oh, that was so funny. You know, you'll always be my matador in the meadow. Oh, I can't believe this. I'm stopping off to see Harvey. You can come. Who's Harvey? Harvey is divine, heavenly. You love him. He's my brother. Mummy and daddy have been beastly to him, banished him to a hotel, let him have a lesson for throwing a sort of a front lawn fizz party. Scuff the lawn. Daddy went crazy. Would he have been all right on the back lawn? Oh, yes, Daddy's. It's just that it's, it's sacred to Daddy, the front lawn. It's striped. The grass is perfect. Like a billiard table. We arrived at the five-star suite. Oh, I see. This will really teach him some manners. Entering the room, Harvey resembled a shake swaddled in silk. They both snorted champagne and little angels snuff. Before air kissing and Harvoo bellowed out, "Tell Mother the bitch that I am not coming back until Father comes here and apologizes to me." We got outside. Oh yes, that'll teach him a really jolly trousers lesson, won't it, in manners? Well what would you do with the problem? I'd have him horsewhipped. You can't horsewhip, daddy. I'm not talking about your daddy, I'm talking about your brother. I thrash him around the f- front lawn, preferably on all fours, like the insolent dog he is. I think there's something wrong with you, wrong with me. You guys are crazy, that spoilt brat of yours in there. It sits there in silken robes, whilst your parents pay for him to do so, and to bite the hand that feeds him. You're all mad. And at the end of it, you'll still have a ruined child that no one dare control. Oh, so you think that violence, then, beating your own sibling or offspring is the answer. That's the way forward, is it? One sound thrashing of that thing and it would come to feel, Fear is the only thing people understand. You're mad. You think like a peasant and a backward one at that. You'll see. If someone doesn't put a stop to that brat, he will not only rule the roost, he'll ruin the roost. Uh, what does your brother do, in actual fact, to earn a living? Or, or does he even bother trying to earn a living? He doesn't need to. He's a brilliant horseman. He rides alongside royalty. Badminton Sure trials, equestrian. Everywhere. Started becoming a member of the hunt with Daddy. Now, looks like joining the Olympic team. Oh, of course, and now... And now, what, uh, actually now, oh, there's entourage of people keeping the operation going. Stable men, daddy of course, he has to get up at the crack of dawn too. Well, you know, horse boxers, numerous man's need for every event. You can't expect, you know, what What do you expect us to do? I'm asking you, has he made any money at this caper? It is not a caper, or as you put it, a hobby. This is a serious endeavour. If he's chosen to represent the country, future is fame and fortune. Whereas you, you will always be a grubby little peasant that achieves nothing. I know, oh, is that is that right? You know, there's a flip side to that coin. Your brother has yet to achieve anything, whereas I have fought tooth and nail to scratch and claw my way out of hell's boiler room. One thing's for sure, I don't need mummy and daddy standing by with a safety net in case I fall out of their money tree. You sound bitter and twisted. Not really, but where I've come crawling from. Don't forget it's the same place your father started at. A long time ago. Oh, he's never spoken of you. We go all the way back. I used to help him and breaking in the rents with his tenants oh we have a management company now we don't need people we need to dirty our hands and knocking on doors like debt collectors yes I bet you do all prissy and prim meaning I suppose me and your father had to knock the rough edges off the diamonds that you two can be you beautiful in putting in any effort yourselves I don't think I like your tone the best thing to do then is to drop me off a grubby little peasant we're both straining and stretching the sentences anyway by the way thank you for the lift maybe I'll apologise for the offence and also also sympathy for your loss loss of what? the loss of your sense of humour if you ever had one Christ don't tell me you haven't even found it thank you 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 bastard You take care, Goldilocks. Trouble with you, you're a gunslinger. Trouble is your tongue's on a hair trigger.